1: Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Before we start, I just wanted to mention that my self-love workshop is back on April the 10th at 10am on Zoom. You can find the details on my website, www.roxinafusi.com. I I'm so looking forward to this. Who doesn't need more self-love in their lives, honestly? Um, We're going to cover limiting beliefs, forgiveness, negative self-talk, authenticity, self-sabotage. It's going to be filled of so much useful, inspiring, and motivating content, and I can't wait to see you guys there. Today, I am joined by the very, very, very special Portia Freeman. Portia is a model, content creator, and mom of two incredible boys, Dylan and Rudy. And I have known Portia for I probably about seven years now. And she is one of the kindest, coolest, most fabulous women I know. And I have been wanting to get her on the show for so long. So hello, Portia. Thank
2: you. Oh, my darling. Hello. And thank you for such a gorgeous intro. I'm welling up. Oh,
1: my God. Stop. (laughs) I have been... You've actually given me so much joy over lockdown. Your stories are so funny <laughs> you're so open and you're you're just family girls to be honest is the truth tell oh. me how was homeschooling because it looked like a lol
2: my right, <laughs> darling I mean I'm glad I'm I'm very I'm very happy that you thought it looked lol because literally babes I cannot tell you how hellish it is it's oh my days I have learned so much this past year I think most of us have haven't we it's just It is mind-blowing. But homeschooling, I don't want to do ever again. It's hideous.
1: I actually can't imagine. Do you literally just have to sit with them for hours a day?
2: Hours a day. So basically Dylan's uh, 11 this Sunday, but he was very self-sufficient with it. He would sit down and he would do his registration in the morning uh, with his teacher and his his classmates. And then they would go off and have to work individually. So he would have all of his uh, assignments during the day. And it would range between three to five and I would have to hand them in every day. And then with Rudy, because he's five, it was a lot more hands on with him. We'd have to do, have to do the registration every morning at 10 a.m. And then we would have the same again, three to five assignments. And when I'm given a deadline, babes, I'm a sucker for it. I'm I'm a real perfectionist when it comes to a deadline. So I was just like, OK, Rudy, we've got these ass- assessments and we need to get them done. But reminding myself it's so hard to forget he is only five and a five-year-old that age they just want to play babes you know what I mean they want to be with their friends they want to be having fun and there's me just being like Miss Portia and just trying to find balance and not feel like I was a scary teacher because he doesn't see me like that I'm his mum do you know what I mean so of
1: course oh my god well well
2: done you and it's done hopefully done forever (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're, they 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 seem to be OK. We all seem to like each other still. So that's that's a bonus. <laughs> so, Portia, what was your first defining moment? The first defining moment was for when I met Pete when I was 19. And I had just come out of what I thought my first it was my first serious relationship. And I was broken hearted. I was. I didn't realise how foggy my head was um, from like the death of my dad and just, you know, that age, you know, like 18, 19, you're just sort of rolling around doing whatever and just not really having a goal in life, I guess. And Hmm. Pete really... He really shone the light for me. He really cleared the fog. That's so gorgeous. Yeah, he is. it's quite an obvious answer to say like the the significant other, but it really he really is a significant part of my life and continues to be. He really does. I mean, you guys have been together for so long now.
1: And how many years has it been? 13 years this year. 13 years. I mean, that's incredible. And to be with someone from the ages of 19,
2: yeah. that's
1: kind of huge because nowadays, I mean, really, you don't you don't hear childhood sweetheart kind of stories. And essentially to me, 19 is a childhood sweetheart, yeah. right? So how was actually living through your twenties? you know where you are really finding out who you are you're on such a transformative journey I mean who you are now Mm -hmm. is incomparable to who you were at 19 and to do that alongside someone else how have you guys navigated the relationship through your own growth
2: in all honesty babes I look back from where we started to where we are now and there are so many so many colorful chapters to our relationship and to you know like I've spent the whole of my twenties with him. Do you know what I mean? That's such a big Mm -hmm. deal. And, you know, from when I first met him, I was a baby myself. I thought I was, you know, a big girl, but really I was a baby. And it's just incredible how, you know, I would handle him going on tour, him, you know, leaving me for weeks on end. It would be like six to eight weeks. Those would be the longest stints. And all in that time I had Dylan with me because I had him when I was what, 20, 21. And we've just been growing together basically and we really Mm. found each other at a time when we really needed each other and we I didn't know I needed my Pete I didn't know I needed that person he just really um he really taught me how to stand on my own two feet even though we were in a very much together relationship Mm. oh my gosh that's so cute so I cannot believe I didn't even though I know I kind of knew this
1: still hearing it again that you had Dylan so young is like Oh, my gosh! Because you would have been the first one I assume of all your friends, and I know now that having a child is such a huge thing i can 't imagine doing it when, like you said you were you were still a baby then, so how yeah.
2: did you how did you cope with it and can you tell me a bit about that okay, so I started modeling when I was fifteen and I got catapulted into the very deep end of the industry where I was working, traveling around and ultimately I was taken out of my childhood my teenage years and I was put into a very adult grown-up situation so I grew up very quickly even though whenever I'd go home my mum would just be like you need to act like a teenager now and I was I found it really confusing so having Dylan so young felt Right. It felt like the right time. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was younger, I always wanted to have kids young. That was the only thing I could see in my life. I wanted to have kids, get married, settle down. That was the most the biggest priority for me. And then having Dylan, I look back now and see it as such an like such an eye opener. But also I was I look back and I was still a baby when I had him. Because when you can compare the two, you know, having Dylan at 21 and then Rudy at 26, there's a massive difference. And they have both taught mm-hmm. me so many different things on different levels at different different times in my life. And the coping side to things, it was just sort of with Dylan, it was me and him against the world. Even though Pete was very much obviously with us, he was also very much apart as well because he was away for the first two to three years solidly for, of Dylan's life. It's an eye opener to see how strong you are. But also how vulnerable you are and like looking back. I'm in a place now where I can look back and, you know, really, really sort of applaud myself for, you know, keeping a baby alive. It's quite a full on thing, you know, having yeah. a human and just you know, it's just yeah,
1: it's it's a weird one. Totally. And how did you feel when you were say at home with Dylan and you were on your own and your friends were still going out and partying oh
2: and all of that how was that experience for you i felt i went I, I experienced the full circle of you know being really close with my friends and then you know not being able to go out to mavida or wherever they going. <laughs> <laughs> i was so envious cuz like you know we we all knew what went down in mavida all the bumping and grinding But like, you know, I was just at home and they were still going out and then all of a sudden I wouldn't really speak to them. And I just felt quite you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had my my amazing friends who who did who who, you know, had kids themselves or whatever and who were still there for me. But there were the handful who did go off and carry on their, you know, their young 20s lives and they came back obviously but that's also part of life isn't it everyone has to go do their journey and then we we come back if it's meant to be to, you know if we come back together if it's meant to be and and I don't hold anything there's no I there's no bad feeling towards them you know for mm. that vibe but I get it I've I've you know it's it's life and they were on their journey and I was on mine and you know It's, it's, it's all a lesson, isn't it? It's all, you, you learn from everything. Absolutely. And you and your boys really do just
1: seem to have the most incredible bond. You also just seem to have so much fun together. Like, that's why I'm always struck by you You seem like genuine,
2: like best friends as well. All four of you. Thank you, Angel. Do you know what? I'm a bit of the fun police, like behind the scenes, I can be the fun police when it comes to the four of us because Pedro is literally I swear he's got he's he sometimes just he just turns into a kid himself with them and I think you know sometimes I can listen to myself and I'm just like oh my god shut the fuck up Portia. like just stop, <laughs> stop like nagging for them just to chill out because actually having fun is the most important thing like for anybody I think like because we're in such a crazy world at the moment especially and I think that having fun is just something which is so important and you know what like I am their mum, but also I want them to see that I can be fun and I can, you know, I can oh. be silly. And I think it's important for them. I love that. You're so sweet, Borsha. I just it's just, it. You know what also, awesome, babes, yeah. you, you, you might feel this, you must feel this, but it's like raising a boy, I find such a pressure sometimes because we want them to be respectful and, you know, I want them to see me as their mother their mother hen and I you know I'm raising a like a partner in life do you know what I mean when they get older they they might get married and have kids themselves one day maybe but I just want to make sure I'm raising the best version of a man I can that is so beautiful (laughs) the pressure babe the pressure (laughs) <laughs> that's so like like one
1: that really hit me that i'm like oh my goodness i think i have it's not something i've i guess i'm still uh early on in wolf's journeys so i hadn't even really thought about that all i know is that i'm an absolute at this point the biggest pushover of all time oh babe <laughs> i thought i was gonna be really like good at discipline and i've got zero
2: Oh god! Try, wait until so he's Wolf's just started talking, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So big. That's a melt in itself. The minute they start stringing oh. those sentences together, and they say like. <laughs> Lello and I don't know just things yeah. I can't pronounce you're like yeah. just have anything you want anything
1: anything anything because <laughs> he had we, we have no sugar in our house really like ever and he had chocolate maybe like twice but like obviously my little gluten-free vegan <laughs> chocolates and he calls it locket and he just now he, he wakes up around the house locket locket
2: oh I'm my like heart. oh my
1: god I'm like baby have all the locket you want <laughs> but Wade's Babe. like uh
2: no <laughs> Can I just say to you one thing? We did that with Dylan. He didn't have his first proper bit of sugar. He he would only have. So for every uh, birthday, we would get him like a Primrose Bakery cake sort of thing. That would be his one bit of sugar. And then as soon as I gave birth to Rudy, it all flew out the window. I was just like, (laughs) have those chocolate buttons, babes. Have that. Literally, I just. Yeah. The first is always literally. I can't wait to see if you have another one down the road how it changes to be honest i'm
1: getting a bit more relaxed i'm also like i don't want him to feel like he's missing out and there there is nothing Mm. wrong with a bit of sugar do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it really isn't that big a deal my sister's like oh my god when he's coming to my house he's having all the kit kats all the chocolate all the sweets (laughs) i'm like fine (laughs) like stop depriving the poor child (laughs) oh
2: baby angel (laughs) <laughs> um so Portia tell me what is your second defining moment well I think we kind of we kind of touched on it I think definitely parenthood has to be my second defining mm. moment for both like for lots of reasons many many reasons there's many different aspects to parenting you learn a lot about yourself you learn a lot about the weight of you know raising humans baby humans and also just there's the highs and the lows to raising kids and I think they you know, now you can talk about it a lot more and it's a lot, it's very common, you know, and I think, you know, like the the subject of miscarriage and, you know, going through that as well, that it's all been incredibly defining. Having Dylan, like I said before, at, at 21 and then Rudy, like when I was 26, I'd learned with Rudy, ultimately, I think I actually learned a lot more because Dylan was such a, he was a child who just, you could put him anywhere and he would sit there very content. He wouldn't, he wouldn't make a fuss. He slept all the way through every night. And I really did have that textbook baby, but Rudy was opinionated the minute I gave birth. So (laughs) it was like, oh, hello, little demon Gemini child. But I couldn't, I couldn't adore the fact he's Gemini with his like his Gemini traits, but it's just like, I, I really do, I could not be more thankful to my children for carving me into who I am today, for educating me, for motivating me, for pushing me, you know, I I really do look at them and I, I just sit there some days, you know, when you're just a bit like, what am I, like, what am I doing, what am I, and then you look at them, you're like, I'm doing everything for them, I'm doing everything, so they see me as their mother, they see me as a, a strong female, they see me as their protector, as their provider, as everything, and as their inspiration, I really want them to see me as that, and They've really taught me all of those those things. So I'm very grateful for them to be a massive defining moment in my life. I honestly,
1: just the way you talk about it and the way you talk about motherhood and the way you talk about your boys is just so touching. It's so, oh. I feel so moved.
2: Oh, Angel. Oh. They literally are, though, that's the thing. It's just, it's a massive gift to be able to give birth to a child. Do you know what I mean? To Conceive a baby and to get given that angel, so I definitely don't take it for granted ever. Even though they do my head in most days, but like <laughs> you know, I am so grateful that they're mine. And you know, yeah. I can't really say much more on that to be honest with you. Oh, I love that. So, what
1: are uh, what would you say? Because we there's lots of incredible highs. What would you say has been the biggest challenge uh, of having children?
2: at a relatively young age. If I'm honest, I think not having my dad around was it still is hard. It's it makes me feel like something was t- like stolen from me. So to and I know that he would have been the most doting grandfather to them. And daily the, the, you know there's things which I would love to share with him yeah. about my children and with I'd love for them to share with him. So that's a massive challenge for me. I and and that continues to stay it doesn't it doesn't get get any easier. It, it I think it gets harder in fact as they get older because they you know they have their personalities and for their individual personalities you can see little snippets of my dad in them and that's just Aww. like obviously it's a it's a beautiful reminder of my dad but it's also that stab in the heart that they don't get to well he doesn't get to meet them because they are an mm. absolute treat and I just you know I think for anybody who lost a parent who loses a parent when they have kids it's a real it's a real sort of you can really feel it it's just that sort you know when I when I lost him as a teenager I sort of pushed those feelings down very deep deep down and mm. you know now I, I I have noticed that they're starting to surface a lot more so that's definitely I'd say that def, that's definitely the most challenging of course. thing course,
1: I honestly can't even imagine and I just want to give you a massive hug oh, um, I- how do you how do you deal with those feelings now because like you said it doesn't get it doesn't get easier Mm -hmm. but how do you manage the pain of grief
2: in all honesty babes probably the worst way possible it's like i visualize my grief as a a basket it's very neatly woven and Mm -hmm. i have packed it very 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 tightly down and like when my dad did pass away, my mum organised a bereavement counsellor and I saw her, I think, it might, I can't remember, it wasn't many times, like not a lot. I saw her probably three or four times and every time she just said to me, she's like, right, you can cry now, cry, cry. And I looked at her and I was just like, "I don't, I don't want to cry, I don't need to cry. And mm. I will always remember that feeling of just feeling quite, I don't know, I just didn't really know how to react if I'm honest. And I think mm. now... You know I talk about my dad every day i i i talk i I make sure that he's very much with me by my side with whatever i do i I mention like Pete is so similar to my dad, it's crazy, it's nice no. yeah, it's weird there's lots of there's lots of traits they have they share, which is mind blowing and they always say that you go for a guy which is like your dad right right, and i just i know I know when the boys are old enough when they when they when it's ready when it when I'm ready. I will get therapy. I will go back and revisit that trauma, that you know, that painful grief of losing my dad as a teenager. But right now, I don't. I know this sounds awful, but I just don't have the phys- the mental time to approach that. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? I I actually really admire you for saying that, and I think that, especially if for people that are really in their self development mm-hmm. journey. think it's really easy to actually just expect everyone to want to process everything. And the truth is not everyone is ready and not everyone everyone wants to. And I love the fact that you've just kind of owned it and gone, do you know what, this is going to be such a painful experience to process all of this. And I'm just not here for it right now.
2: It sounds quite damaging to myself to say that. But you know I do I practice lots of other mindfulness exercises rituals everything mm-hmm. which does help me clear my day-to-day mind but I know I have got a massive I have got a massive shadow you know lurking over an area of my life my childhood and I do need to address it I know I know that but right now it's not time not the time
1: no and you'll know when you're ready
2: yeah exactly and
1: I think that's you're honoring yourself and your needs and that's the best thing you can do yeah so well done you
0: Hi, I'm Vernon Kay.
2: And I'm Holly Mackay.
0: And we're here to tell you about our brand new podcast, Parenting Past the Pandemic, brought to you by Aviva.
1: Yes, we're going to be delving into a whole heap of parenting topics from the generational gap to online safety.
0: And some of the big topics which have come up through the pandemic, such as helping to manage our kids' anxieties and how we can affect the world they'll grow into.
2: Parenting Past the Pandemic. Find it wherever you found this
1: podcast.
0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans.
2: So let's go on to your third defining moment. You know what? This is actually quite crazy. But I, my third defining moment has to be this crazy ass lockdown. It really does. Mm. And I know that's like, like there's, it's it was hard to choose three defining moments, but I have really got to know myself this lockdown. And I've really learned a lot about myself this lockdown. And I've really learned actually quite just how tough I can be and how like motivated. I've never been this motivated before in my life. I've never like, you know started something which I feel well I know I know it will grow and I know I will work hard on it um and I'm just sort of really learning a lot about myself and I think it's taken us to be stripped bare of all of everything we know all the all of the normal like normal things day to day you know work within the fashion industry and all of that sort of stuff to have it all taken away and it was like right what can I do and it's really highlighted actually like i've i've scraped together all the tools i've got and i've you know i've kind of created a, well i have i've created a brand and it's it's really exci- i'm really excited by it and i've never actually you know the years i was modeling i i never really had a final like a goal do you know what i mean i never really had a final sort of destination where i wanted to be within that in that you know that that career i was always just sort mm. of floating and i think Within this year, I've actually seen, I can I can visualise where I want to go, who I want to be. And it really, really excites me. Oh, what better feeling is there than that, seriously? It's just so reassuring because I was always just like, you know, following whatever my mum would say, you know, about education or, you know, at school, I wanted to be a lawyer and all this sort of stuff. And it's just a really good feeling. And, you know, getting up, having my routine every day and the boys going back to school now it really does it just fuels me it really fuels me
1: yeah oh, i love that and your friday cocktails oh my god uh, is it Porsche's happy hour Porsche's happy hour Porsche's happy hour oh my god like no i'm not a big drinker Okay, but I see your cocktails and I'm just like salivating. They look so good. Thank you. Um,
2: And people absolutely love it. Babes, I honestly, it's been nearly a year. So it's a year next month. Stop. When I did. Yeah, yeah. First episode is a year next month and I cannot deal. So basically, let me just say though, the first episode did consist of me hunched over in the kitchen, making, I was very drunk at the time, storying, of course, because overshare, <laughs> over here. And um, I was like, "Let me show you all how to make a raspberry margarita." And it was literally just me sieving some raspberries into like a massive water bottle. It was shocking, <laughs> but that's literally where it stemmed from. And I just, it's, I've, I've taken something where we've all completely fallen apart. We've all, you know, like I said before, had our, have had our materials taken away from us, and we've all physically felt so far apart from one another. And I've created this community, which are just, so, it's, I've got, I'm so grateful for my community on Instagram. They're all so beautiful. And we just, you know, have this weekly happy hour together where, you know, it's all about the alternatives. If you don't have everything in the cupboard, we just come up with different alternatives. It's not all, it's not all about buying the expensive products. It's about, you know, making a drink, coming together with who you live with or going on Zoom with your girls or family members or whatever. And just having a really good time and it doesn't have to be an alcoholic drink. It, that's the thing. It's the alternative. You can find out the alternative, what can mm. make it a non-alcoholic. It's just, yeah, it's, a, I'm, I'm, I I really love it. I really, really love doing it.
1: Well, I just love watching you and your whole energy. Tell me what is your favorite cocktail? Top three. Cause favorite might be hard. Top three, top three.
2: Top three. Okay. So any, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with tequila. So I'd have to say a Paloma or a Margarita then we've got mm. rosé, because rosé over here, um, and then oh, then I think it would have to be a classic like gin and tonic. Really? Oh no hold on hold on hold that thought I'm tonight I'm so after after we've spoken I'm testing a uh, an espresso martini what I'm what I'm posting this mm. evening I'm calling it the the collagen Aniston oh, I can't remember what I've called it now it's basically <laughs> it's a collagen it's a collagen Fabulous. espresso martini
1: oh my god what
2: just putting I some know, collagen in Jenny there drinks it in her coffee so I was like
1: well what better excuse oh my god brilliant Right? I love this. Yes. I'm into it. I'm so into it. Not that I've been asked, but I'm gonna share my three favourite cocktails. Oh my god, do it! I want you to teach me how to make them. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, Number one, porn star martini. Yeah. Awful name. Well, Bloody I think delicious the name. It,
2: it doesn't it doesn't do it any justice.
1: No, it doesn't do it any justice, but it's a great cocktail. And um if that's not on your list already. May I re- put a personal request? I literally, we need to do one together, babes. It would be so oh much fun. Oh my God, fun. can we? Yes. 100%. Oh my God, I would love that. That would we, be so we, fun. We have to. We have to. I,
2: I also love a daiquiri. Oh, daiquiri, frozen daiquiri or uh, on the rocks.
1: Just on the rocks. Daiquiri's make me giggle, I remember. Oh. Oh, just a classic. Love, 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 love just a
2: classic daiquiri.
1: I don't mess around with the strawberry. No, it's a classic daiquiri for me. And then I would say a Cosmo. A classic Cosmo.
2: Do you know what? Cosmos I didn't realise are actually super versatile. So I didn't I, I made one a couple of weeks ago and I used uh cherry and almond vodka. And
0: Ooh.
2: it was babes. I it was a naughty that's a naughty, naughty drink. They're way too drinkable. You're a mixologist. <laughs> <laughs> I should have added that into your intro.
1: Babe, oh my goodness. I
2: feel so cheeky though. I feel <laughs> I feel like I'm just sort of like because it is just literally that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's the fun part of Portia's Happy Hour. Is I'm just, you know, try it like trialling all these different flavours and coming up with a, like the word there's a classic, and then I come up with my my own twist. Oh, so I love
1: it. babe, count me in let's do one together. i right? I would love I'm, that that would be so much fun. I can't I- always be talking about self-help sometimes I'm gonna <laughs> <do other stuff. laughs> oh my God, I love I want to touch on one thing before we finish, and that is just because we've been talking about it a lot recently, and that is just. Generally, I think I'm just interested in how people cope with body image, etc. But especially because you were in the modeling industry, I think you're one of the only influencers or people I see on Instagram that doesn't use filters, which I find so refreshing and thank you i I by the way, am one that does use filters. I am not confident at not using them so i'm not I'm not judging anyone that uses no, them by saying yeah. that because I do it myself but i find find it so inspiring to see you being so authentic and natural and yourself. so tell me about
2: that kind of journey for you okay so starting out as a model when I was fifteen, I was very tiny. I was always the girl who even family members would turn around to me and say things like, "You need to eat a burger, you need to do this, you need to do that and I was teeny and I was actually like babes I was so self-conscious of how skinny I was I hated it I just i just I hated it so then when I fell into modeling, I finally found a place where it was accepted, and I felt like I was it sounds I don't know if this sounds this comes across quite quite sad, but I felt like I was home because everyone was the same. And then as I got older, so I had Dylan and with Dylan, I gained four stone. I literally went from a size six to 16. And it was, Mm. it was, that was quite hard for me. I wasn't, it was after I had him where I was like, but I always had that thing in my head where I was like, right, I'm gonna go back to work anyway. So I do need to lose the weight. But it's as I've got older, I think body dysmorphia like i've definitely suffered from it 100% 100% i have and also it's like you know when when you want to when you get sent outfits to wear for events you want to fit into it because it's a sample size and if it doesn't fit then you feel shit you really feel shit and you're just like well you know i'm i'm obviously fat so it's like, OK, but then you have to really have a word with yourself. It's a tricky one because it's just like you're not you're not you're not fat. You're normal. You are like I'm normal. It's like, like this is a normal size, but it's just the sample sizes are freaking tiny. But it's also it's just like growing up. I had a kid, my hips moved, all of this sort of stuff. So I had to really listen to things what people were telling me and that it's OK to put on a bit of weight and this, that and the other. And I've always been. It's never been one of those things which have which has really got me down. Like I've like weighing scales. I've never owned weighing scales because I'm too obsessive. I know I'll be on them every day, so I yeah. just go by, right. So I just go by if my jeans still fit me, I'm fine. But it did. I mean, I put four stone on again when Rudy was uh, when I felt when I fell pregnant with Rudy, and that time I felt a lot more self conscious about it. I think maybe because I was older, my face changed and. I think it became a lot more conversational. There was a lot more, there was a lot more people talking about it then. And for the good and the bad, do you know what I mean? It was sort of like, you know, the fashion industries that were saying that they were changing things, but it wasn't really happening or it would be, it would, I don't know. It just sort of, there was just a lot more um, conversation around it. And I think as long as I know this, this might come across weird. Pete's very honest with me and Pete will always be the one to say babes, are you going to start working out or whatever? And when he says, if I mean, he doesn't say it in a nasty way, like where it's like, you know, awful husband sort of situation. He does it from the best part of his heart because he knows, one, it makes me feel really good. um, And two, just to sort of just to sort of, you know, say, like, maybe we should maybe together we should do it. Mm. That makes sense. But it's I don't know. Now I'm a lot more at peace with if I put on a bit of weight, like working out, I've never enjoyed it. When it comes to like filters and stuff on Instagram, don't get me wrong. I definitely edit my photos when I post them on the grid and all of this sort of stuff. I'll, you know, I'll try and keep it as real as possible. And I've always been very open about anything. What's, you know, any, I call them perfect imperfections because I think imperfections are perfect. I think they, Mm. I think that they're there for a reason. And I think they're there to, they're there to teach us. And, you know, I've struggled badly, badly with my skin. Like I've had the worst acne and I'm happy to show that with with people, and I'm happy it is normal, and it's very it, can, it is relatable for many people. And I think I do have I babes the the the, the tash filter. I use that. That's my I'll use the mustache filter if I'm feeling a little bit like I don't want my real face to be seen, or if my bags because I've got a massive problem with the bags under my eyes. Like honestly, I I don't I really hate them, but I'm just also like oh, I don't know. I just. I just don't really have that sort of I don't know, because it's like I also if I, I see I see myself with a filter which I love and then I start becoming obsessed with it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I could change this about myself or maybe I could tweak that. And you know, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because the tw- the tweaks, the tweaks, there is one filter which I would love to story with. I would love to story with it. And it makes my nose a million times smaller. Cause I've got a thing about my nose. I would love to have a nose job. Mm. And when I look at that filter, I'm like but that isn't my nose. And if I post, if I use that and then, I don't know, if someone saw me in real life, they will be like, whoa, she's actually got a massive nose with huge nostrils. Oh my God, stop it. But also I just think that, uh, I don't know. I, I, I hear that the filters, you can fall into that. Like I've literally yesterday, I was looking at all the filters and you can sit there for hours just playing on them. I love it. Like I love what, like what you can do with a filter. I don't know. I just, yeah, I just kind of, take it I just want people just to see me and take me as I am and like it's just that sort of and I've I've got that a lot with my Instagram I have that sort of attitude with what I talk about as well if if you don't like my tone then you're not my person do you know what Mm, I mean totally unfiltered and You know, people worry about losing followers and stuff and I just I just literally just say back to them. I'm just like, Well, they're clearly not your person. It's
1: just Yes, totally. Never
2: change you for anybody else. Yeah. We love that. So let's go
1: on now to your ten quickfire questions. Okay. Okay. Your most memorable book.
2: I don't want you to judge me on this because no judgment. Uh, th- this is this is quite shockers, okay? But there are lots of the reasons behind it. But it's Fifty Shades of Grey, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, it's the book itself is I I think badly, but terribly written. But have you read it? Have you read any of them? Of
1: course, I've read it.
2: Right. Okay. <laughs> Who hasn't read it? <laughs> right, listen. So it's the it's what it's what it like. It's the timing it represents for me. It, what it reminds me of is that like, you know Pete was solidly on tour, and all I had for company when Dylan was in bed was Fifty Shades of Grey, and I just I was so engrossed in it, and I just lost. All sort of like myself, I just lost myself into it because one, it was just like a binge read, and I was just able to escape. And I think mm. that it's not, babes. I didn't learn anything from it. Don't. Get, I did not come away from it and think, oh yeah, like that's a real. You know, <laughs> it's not that. But what I yeah. Think about it, it's the it's the what it reminds me of at the time of my life. It's the. You know, I, and I know that's something yeah. odd. I, I was going to say, you know, I'm still searching for that memorable book. And I, I think I still am. You know, I've got a long list of books which I need to read. And I'm sure one of them, if we had this chat six months later, I would have a very different answer. But right now, in all honesty, Fifty Shades of Grey, purely because of the time, it represents where I was at.
1: I love that answer. Brilliant. All
2: honesty, babes. All honesty over but We're here. all about honesty here. I love it. Right. Um, Favourite quote. Okay, beauty is not in the face, beauty is in the light of the heart. And that's by Khalil Gibran.
1: Oh, that's a beautiful quote.
2: Yeah. Oh, I have not heard that before. See, he's that's another book I'm desperate to read, The Prophet. He's a uh, he's he's uh yeah, I'm Amazing. obsessed with it. And I'm all about, you know, my mum brought me up saying beauty's literally... it's from the heart. It will only your your beauty will only reflect what comes from the heart and
1: no.
2: you know, treat people how you want to be treated yourself, always, and all of this kind of stuff. And that one that that quote really reflect how I bring my children up as well, you know, always as long as your heart's shining bright and beautiful. Your face will follow.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I love that. Your most influential mentor.
2: See, I'm really stuck on this one. Really stuck because I could easily just say my mum. Like, and I know that sounds like when I say just my mum, but <laughs> she she literally, writes she what? She is my mum and my dad, and Aww. she's my role model. I've learned mm. from highs and lows, like going through highs and lows with her, and we've we've gone full circle together. And I couldn't admire her anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like she's just, she is incredible for you know like raising us when she worked two jobs and all this sort of stuff. And I just, as a mum, I, you know, I could I could give you a whole song and dance about somebody who I don't know who who's inf- like influential mentor to everybody worldwide. But really, I just go back to my mum.
1: No, that is incredible. And what a better mentor to have than the person yeah, that raised you. You yeah. know, that's so, I love that. Your go to feel good film?
2: Okay. Has to be Notting Hill, babes. Oh my God, yes. Notting yes. Hill. <laughs> Literally, Ronan Keating when he starts singing that bit when she's on the bench. Oh, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. Don't I'm you with you. Right. I'm with you. A moment where you felt most proud. Right. Um, It's a recent one. And it's I mean, obviously, I've had my babies and all of those sort of things. Very, very, very proud. But for myself, for work purposes, it was when Jamie Oliver agreed to be a guest on Portia's Happy Hour. Can we just talk about that? That's fucking incredible. I cried and fell to my knees, literally. i stop. And I just—I've never fallen to my knees before. And I just—I <laughs> didn't, I didn't, didn't know. I didn't know my didn't knees were that. Day. I didn't know that. I literally oh cried. God. That is so funny. I cried my eyes out, and I literally—I remember I was—I was at my mother-in-law's, and I just literally was. I was just I I was I I didn't know what what was going on he's I mean him and Pete are friends and I just I've always got this sort of saying if you don't ask you don't get and totally you you've just got to go with it haven't you and it's it's that's what I did I asked and he agreed I couldn't
1: agree more, and you know what? That is so true. It is if you don't ask, you don't get. I'm always encouraging people to just reach out. Yeah, the worst
2: that can happen is is a no, and, exactly. and honestly, that is not the worst thing in the world. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly it. You don't lose anything if someone says no, and actually, I think you learn a lot about yourself when you when you go and ask for something. You'll get, you can nine times out of ten, you'll be pleasantly surprised.
1: Exactly. I totally agree. I love yeah. that. And well done, you.
2: Thanks, darling.
1: A song that cheers you up. Uh, it's Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. Oh, scent. I will and have a listen.
2: You know what happened when I, because when I was going through these questions and I, I, I 100% I just wrote that and I put it on, I burst into tears. And I know that sounds Did weird because it's a scary song, but it literally just takes me to Dylan when he was a baby and all for the best reasons because he was obsessed with Bob Marley. Oh, and no way. It just takes me back to that time and it makes me feel so emotional and it was the most cathartic oh, cry oh, this morning I had. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Top tip for dealing with stress. Right. So dealing with stress is not a thing I like to do. I don't really like to get stressed out and I try not to. And I, I said this to Pete, I was sort of like, do I let myself get stressed out? He's like, yeah, you do. And you just take the dog out for a walk. And I was like, oh, okay. So apparently when I get stressed, I take Lola for a walk by myself. Oh, that is a pretty good stress buster. Fresh air, exercise,
1: animals. Exactly. I, pretty. That's perfect. You instinctively knew what to do.
2: Right. <laughs> the first three things you do when you wake up. Okay. So... Rudy comes in for a massive cuddle. Then we both go into the bathroom. I scrape my tongue and brush my teeth. Can't oh, do, do anything. Until scraping. Yes. Oh, do you love it? Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I can't live without my tongue scraper. Oh, I've got one. Okay, I'm going to start using it. Babes, I can't recommend it highly enough. And then after I brush my teeth, I go straight to the fridge and I have a shot of Simprove.
1: Oh, yeah. Got to have a good probiotic to start the day. Your guilty pleasure.
2: Oh, my God. This is so bad. And this only happens, I can count on one hand once eat, like uh, during the year but it's definitely a drunken dominoes
1: oh my goodness
2: it's dirty babes that's a, it's a dirty
1: brilliant moment. brilliant I don't remember the last time I had dominoes but my god it's good
2: oh god, it's so disgustingly good. good it's the sugar sweats you get straight after you're like why going I do <laughs> it to myself why <laughs> time
1: one thing you'd like to achieve in the next year
2: this is just literally so the one thing I'm just well it's not really one it's a collective it's just building brand Portia Freeman and the ideas I've got I'm just really excited to make them happen I'm I'm gonna they are gonna happen and that you
1: are gonna do it babe I'm here I'm here to watch thank you Angel I'm very excited And the first person you call to share good news?
2: Always Pedro. If it's, if I'm not with him, it's my mum, but it's like Pedro's literally, uh, he's, 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 yeah, he's my, my go-to with everything, everything. Absolutely oh, everything. you two really are just best best friends aren't yeah, you yeah we are he's he's literally my everything and it's it's so oh. cheesy when someone says that but he is no it's very, not. very lucky so found him. I love it
1: Portia you have been so amazing oh, I have darling. so loved talking to you I knew I would it was so nice to I tried to feel like I had such a laugh as well like it was so, this was such a refreshing episode for me to do and I just loved it.
2: Babes, I've loved every second, I'm literally, I, I think I, I definitely babble but I just I've had the best time. You are the loveliest person ever, I can't do. <laughs> can we do a happy hour together? For sure, can I please, will you have an alcoholic bev for me? Or yeah, oh obviously yeah, 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 no, I drink oh, like I, just, I just don't get drunk but no, okay. I'm into it. I can't Wait to see you in real life, babes. Because it's been so long.
1: I know it's ridiculous. It's insane. It's
2: been too long.